Welcome to Reflies, everybody. I'm Ryan. I'm Josh. And I'm Greg. And we have another bonus episode between seasons for you. And this one is going to be much different than all the others that we have previously dealt with. We are going to supplement you. Shout out to Greg's sister. She's in town now. I just heard that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So anyway, we have our good friend Jeremy here. Friend loose term. We have cousin. our good cousin Jeremy here. There we go. I like. We can just call him cousin Jeremy. I'm yeah, fine with that. Technically, he's like, my cousin like too. Rusty. Maybe a little. That's very as fair. As long as I'm not Uncle Rusty, that's all that matters. Yes. We're with your Uncle Rusty's son. Uh, you whoa, may have. Whoa! Whoa! Sorry. Go ahead. You may have remembered him from the movies roundtable that we did in with season David. one. Yeah, Jeremy had all of the uh, opinions <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that David agreed, disagreed with every single one I'm of them. I'm not sure saying I agree with all of them either, yeah. but uh, cause you're all wrong. Jeremy's got a little proof of concept that we're going to try out tonight. And uh, Josh, if you want to give a little bit more explanation or Jeremy, I don't care. Um, so basically Jeremy came so basically with Jer- <laughs> So basically what I came up with <laughs> was, uh, I, I, I recently watched the room for the first time and, um, I, I love IMDb trivia and, I was reading the trivia on it, and I saw how people are calling it the Citizen Kane of bad movies. And that struck a chord with me because Citizen Kane bored the shit out of me. So you're saying Citizen Kane was a bad movie. Also, this episode is not censored. We forgot to tell you that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying (laughs) Citizen Kane's a, a, a bad movie, but it was really boring. Uh, and people will say it's the best movie of all time, and I disagree. And I would, I would watch The Room again before I would ever watch, watch Citizen, Kane. Citizen Kane. Okay. So because of that, I was like... It, That's it, your tagline. That's how you're starting this off. I need yes. a piece of wood to bite on the entire Strong time. Start. Talk. <laughs> Strong start. Strong <laughs> start. So I started thinking about movies that people say they love or people that critically acclaim movies and how they're not really all that good. The artists... Well, um, the one more talked about that Ryan and I in particular love that you say you hate is 2001 Space Odyssey. Can't stand it. And Greg Shepard Monks pull- 2, The Road Chimp. Greg's about to pull out a historical <laughs> lens phrase that we've already heard before, but uh, continue. Okay. Um, uh, so uh, Donnie Darko is another one that everybody always says that they love, and I watch, and I'm like, this is stupid. And Donnie Darko's gotten worse every movie that um, <laughs> Kelly, whatever his name is, who's the director? Yeah, it was Kelly. Kelly? I, Rob? No, not Rob Kelly. Doesn't He's matter. a running back for the Washington football team. Yep. I will not say that team name, by the way. I will not say no, that team I've name. Never and for me, for you to be the first person <laughs> is just mind blowing. <laughs> um, I, I forget David what it, Kelly. David, David Kelly. Kelly. David Kelly. Uh, so every movie he's put out since Donnie Darko has made Donnie Darko a little bit worse. So naturally, Jeremy, you decided that you might want to start a podcast so you can bitch like everybody else. That was pretty much the he reason just, for this. He wants a pulpit to stand on and just. Well, not that I yeah, want I, was a thinking, pulpit. I like your other element, though. I mean, I think it's a good segue to that, right? There's yeah, a, the whole and, other half of it. Yeah, so the, the, yeah, the other. Yeah, okay. So the other half of it is with the good movies that I hate. I, I started thinking about bad movies that I liked. Uh, Sorority Boys, for example, that is, movie's funny. Is it's it's so critically panned and nobody likes this movie, but I watch it and I'm like, this is stupidly funny and I enjoy it. So I started thinking about other movies that people absolutely hate and they never talk about in a good way, such as The Room or Battlefield Earth. Any horror movie, because they're never going to get an Academy Award. I know you're not a big horror fan, but still. But I I still watch them, and I watch all these 80s bad horror movies. I I love watching them. Sleepaway Camp, with as terrible as it is, I enjoyed watching it. Okay, so what we are about to do is we are about to take two movies. We're going to take one critically panned piece of shit and... 
talk about it like it is an Oscar-worthy contender. We're not going to even bring up any bad part of this movie no matter how bad it is, I won't even get into what the movie is yet, but you'll figure it out. We can we have disagreements, there. but as long as we're talking about the person with the mic is talking about the right thing, like that what they like about it, we're good? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And, and we're also going to take a movie that is everyone loves, and we're going to just shit all over it and talk about everything that doesn't work about this movie, not talk about how it's a good movie. We're going to talk about how awful and just bad this movie is. And I'm going to say... For being our first episode, or for being a test episode and something that I've wanted to do, this was extremely difficult. This was with fucking difficult. You set the bar both, way too high on both, both counts. both of these movies, it was so hard to talk about how bad the good one is and how good the bad one is. It's, it, it, but it was fun. I enjoyed doing it. So what is the theme of tonight's topic? I, tonight's I topic, um, the our, our episode is going to be called The Tale of Two Toms. <laughs> and... Which, so what's which, the first movie that we're gonna talk? About? I was gonna Let's say. Let's not even yeah. talk about the second one. Let's go with the Let's first. Let's go one. with the first. Really one. quick, right. before we go into this, because I'm afraid we're gonna forget at the end. Um, please let us know what you think of this. Not just as a rumor flies episode, but as a concept at the end of this episode. Please like tweet at us, email something like that, because Jeremy is considering starting his own podcast, and this is basically the basis for it. And we really, really, really need some. We'd love some feedback. We're basically pimping out our wonderful audience as a uh, what, what's the guinea pig. I'm looking for a test group. Your test group. I am your whore. Enjoy him, guinea pigs. So, yeah, so please let Do us know what you think. You Jeremy is a great sport and can take all the good and the bad with it. As so. you have seen in the last movie roundtable that fair. we did. That's fair. Yeah, yeah, I was right on everything though. So, <laughs> and so you wonder why you won't have an audience. Reject, he will reject all your suggestions. <laughs> and Toy wow. Story. Toy Story was the right answer. Come on. <laughs> How do you remember that? Boy, we listened to the episode like 50 times. Come on, man. Come on, man. It's my voice. It's glorious. Okay. It's asthma <laughs> when he goes to sleep. So, The Tale of Two Toms. Yes, The Tale of Two Toms. <laughs> first what? movie. Let's yeah. go. All right. Let's so our, our first movie is Forrest Gump. Now, I want to say this before we get started. I will say one good thing. That feather CGI still holds up to this day. Are you fucking kidding me? I thought Shut it was up. wonderful. That is like... I'm not even joking. I, when I watched it, I'm like... Holy shit, this movie is 23 years old? Okay, I'm, I'm wait, looking wait. at my notes. Note number two and the and the second to last note is about the Guys, feather. I swear I watched this, but what feather are you talking about? The opening scene. The opening and the closing wait, of the I movie that is a, a goddamn bag. feather. <laughs> the most beautiful thing in the world? He puts the feather in the Curious George book. He puts the it lotion was George in book? the basket. You, 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 I, watched, I, you watched American Beauty. I watched you? this last night. <laughs> I swear to did you. Did you watch American Beauty or did you watch Forrest Gump? I watched American Beauty. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so Forrest Gump, directed by Robert Zemeckis. Also directed Ro Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Also directed Who Framed Roger Rabbit, written by Eric Roth, uh, who has more famously written The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. We've already discussed that piece we of We have shit. discussed that, and now we're discussing the movie that ripped off Curious Case of Benjamin Button right now, Forrest Gump. Well, how does it rip off of it if this was created before? Starring I can, I can talk Hanks. for Greg right now and say exactly how it rips off on both counts. What was that? I can say, we're not supposed to, oh, we, we are talking bad about it, right? Yeah. I know exactly what Greg's going to say. I'm not going to take your glory, but go ahead. Uh-oh. All right, so it's starring Tom Hanks, Robin Wright, Gary Sinise, Sally Field, Michael T. Williams, William's son, Haley Joel Osment, John F. Kennedy, John. Richard Nixon? John Lennon, Elvis Presley. Lyndon B. Johnson. Others. Actually, fun fact do you know who was Elvis Presley in that film? I do. Anyone? No. Jeremy? Yes. Jack White. Who was it? The voice or the actual actor? The, the voice. It was uh, Snake from um, 
from Metal Gear Solid. No. No. It was not. Kurt Russell? Kurt yes. Russell. Yeah, Kurt was, Russell. Okay, yeah. It was Kurt Russell. Escape from New York. Escape oh, from New York. Really okay. Quick. And, I, and I, Kit is Kit Forrest the kid from um from um uh, Six Sense. Yeah. Yes. Haley yeah, Haley Joe Osment. Oh, that's his name. Okay. Well, no. good good job, Greg. Well, when we say Kid <laughs> Forrest, we mean Forrest Gump the second. Yes. Kid Kid Kid. Yes. Or Junior. Is it the second or it, Junior? They never said if it was Junior. They just said he was named after. Which him. I will also say is one of my favorite lines in cinema history. He's got a dad named Forrest too. All right, so it's got an IMDb score of 8.2, a Metacritic score of 82, Rotten Tomatoes, 71%. The Academy Award. Where does it fall in IMDb's top 250? Number 12. Really? Number 12, yes. So people apparently love this movie. You put Batman in there, it'll jump up a few spots. I agree. Yeah, it's won the Academy Award for Best Picture, Actor, Director, Screenplay, Editing, Visual Effects, nominated for Supporting Actor with Gary Sinise, Cinematography, Art Direction, Sound, Sound effects, editing, makeup, original score, Golden Globe. So Robin Jesus Wright wasn't nominated. Christ. Robin Wright was not nominated. That's surprising. Um, she was nominated for a Golden not Globe. Didn't win. Uh, Gary Sinise was also nominated for a Golden Globe. Also didn't win, but it did win Golden Globes for Best Picture, Actor, and Director. And more importantly, uh, MTV nominated for Best Picture, Best Actor, and Best Breakthrough for per- uh, Performance with Michael T. Williamson. So here's why the entire Williams. Academy is fucking idiots, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. And, uh, and now I'm. And I'll also say that Dave Chappelle regretted not taking the role of Bubba Gump. Which would have, you just took one of my points away, would have made this movie a whole lot better. Let's if, jump on that right now. You Let's think, start you, so you, you think that, so Dave Chappelle, Ice Cube, and somebody else all auditioned for the role of Bubba. And he says that he regrets not taking it and feels like that it was a mistake, which is why he ended up being in, what was, what was Dave You've Chappelle? You've Got Men in Tights? He was in, no, he was in You've Got Mail. He, he was in Men in Tights. In tights. Uh, but but he, he did You Got Mail. He did You Got Mail with, to kind of supplement that. Yeah. And he regrets not the same. Not, right. And don't be wrong. I think You've Got Mail as far as like a very basic, um, very in a capsule, like a time capsule. It's a great time capsule it, film. Yeah, it's great. But, um. Doesn't I, hold up. I, it doesn't. But I don't think that, um, the Bubba character, I don't think getting a di- different actor would have made it me sway any differently than than watching it now. I don't think there was anything wrong with Bubba. No, I don't either. At the same rate, I actually have something on point about that. Okay, but um, yeah, do you think it would have been better with Dave Chappelle? Than no, I don't. I don't. Th- I don't think I it would have changed much, honestly. I mean, I think Bubba was a pretty iconic character because he uh, he he he, he, w- he wasn't a show stealer. And he had an extremely uh, noticeable like character trait that made people remember him. Like you know, you better tuck that lip in, or else you get yeah. Uh, but that was prosthetics. That, yeah. was, that, that, that was prosthetics. That, that, that was prosthetics. Yeah, it was prosthetics. I did not yeah. know that. I didn't yeah. know that either. And I will also say that terrible that, prosthetics. One of the things that I also didn't <laughs> like about the Bubble Gump character is that when he was talking, you Bubba never Gump really character heard the the, the boat. boat. <laughs> I'm thinking of the fucking the shrimp, the, the restaurant Bubba. Bubba Gump. The restaurant um, was in the movie? No, shut up. We should record this at Bubba Gump's. The, we should have. I've actually never been there. Anybody ever eaten there? No, I've, 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 I've eaten no. there. Super Bowl Sunday. Um, so the thing about the Bubba character that bothered me was that you never really got much interaction between them. It was just a lot of Bubba talking. And every once in a while, you'd hear Forrest. And to me, that really downplayed the dynamic. And I get that Forrest really latched on to Bubba because he was one of his only friends. But... I don't know, man. I, I just had a hard time with the Bubba character in particular because they have three different cutscenes of Bubba talking about different kinds of shrimp, which is very iconic. But at the same time, I don't feel like it really added anything to the movie other than to move the plot along, which I get has its own effect. But it kind of became redundant. And I also thinking if I was if I was Forrest Gump, 
I would have a hard time saying, well, this is my friend, other than he was my uh, my, my partner in in the army when did I was in war. Did he even mention Shrimp Scampi? I don't think he did. We, I, but we missed a lot of the in-between time. That's true. I, I get that. I get yeah. that. That's true. Um, and, you know, and, and I also, it shows just how good-natured and good-hearted Forrest is by giving Bubba's mama some money so she didn't have to work anymore and, and investing in the company and all that stuff. Like I, like, I get that aspect of it, but Bubba in particular, I had a lot of issues with because I don't feel like he was very well-rounded. I just feel like he was there most of the time. So, yeah, but, I would say you can say it for a lot of the characters well, but, okay. in this movie, and I'll continue when it's my turn, but I think that that is a main thing to go by, that there are no well-rounded characters yeah I, before we go down this road do we we're like kind of in the middle of the vietnam stuff right now and this is like middle of the movie mm-hmm. i don't want to like prove your good points here about bubba but i'd kind of like to go back to, i think there's a lot of critical stuff in the beginning i mean my, my notes are are in order essentially so are mine. So. So are mine. Okay, okay so yeah, then finish your well then finish your thought before we cut well, no i mean that that's basically it Sorry. but i just i i i, I don't I'm done. Bubba as a character just didn't sit right with you. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think he offered wasn't a, earned. Right. I don't think he offered a whole lot. Like, it's sad that Bubba died. Well, because someone died in a war. Yeah, yeah I mean, right. It, but it that's the friend. thing. He was an innocent American, but, you know, you know that could have been for anyone. There were right. a lot of people that died. There was a lot of people laying on the ground in that scene. And I get I get the, the parallel about. between. Also, he would have never fucking. Uh, that, I'm getting ahead of myself. Go ahead. Oh, I get, the, <laughs> I get the parallel between Bubba and Jenny in the sense that. You know, nobody wanted Forrest to sit next to him, and those were the first two to actually do it. And he became lifelong friends with them, yada, yada, yada. But I don't know. I, I just don't think that Bubba in particular, you could have put any other person in that as that character, and it wouldn't have offered anything different. So can I just say real quick? I that... heard it was Jane Fonda that shot Bubba. <laughs> so can I just say real quick that there was obviously open seats every time somebody said that the yes. seat was taken? yes. There, they, they, those seats were obviously not taken, yes. and that's all I'm going to say. That that that's all I've got that's to say all about, about that. Say about that. <laughs> okay, so this this movie came out in 1994. Why? Let, let's talk about this. Why are the songs so old? Okay, that's a plot point that I can jump on there, and that's kind of one that you can kind of skip around. Well, uh, go ahead. I thought, yeah, the songs are so old, Jeremy. I like the fact that the songs were old. It was made in 1994. I hated every original track that they did in that goddamn movie. I thought that it took it out, it was too phoned in, and it was boring. I think that th- this was a movie that spanned from, uh, the, from nin- the 1950s to the ni- to 1982, roughly. Yeah, the yeah. yeah. period songs yeah. worked, the rest and didn't. It was so I great, think, but I, I think they should have just kept the period songs the entire time. When they put stuff in there with like the piano, it was boring, and it tried to telephone in how I should feel about it. It was Oscar bait music. One it was sentimental. It was, One oh. particular thing that really bothered me about it was the Lieutenant Dan scene. This is going back to Vietnam, only because I'm going to just... That's okay. It's topical. It's topical. If, you were to, like, if I was to do a Forrest Grump director's cut, it would be an hour less and it would be just the vietnam section but and like slightly afterwards and anyway just continue with this the lieutenant dan scene lieutenant dan loses his legs everybody knows that scene there's a part where he rips forrest off of his hospital bed and is just like railing on him telling him about how he He ruined his destiny and all that stuff then later on at one point it starts with just lieutenant dan doing a little soliloquy and then some piano music comes in. That bugged the shit out of me because I was like, I knew how I was supposed to feel already. You don't have to throw like the little uh, heartstrings music in there. It's more dramatic effect if you leave it without music. I'll, they could not resist not having a single oh, second of music in that show. So I will say, put it this way. I understand that Robert Zemeckis directed it. I will say that since Tom Hanks started it, if, if I 
would have had to take a guess and I didn't know any better, I would think it's a Spielberg film. Yeah. Because Spielberg uh, is notorious yeah, for that. Yeah. He's notorious for putting in music to make you feel a certain way and to get a certain emotion out of you. And I think that's bullshit. Well, I hate that, that movie, but to yeah. such a level where you acknowledge it. Exactly. That's the problem. Yeah. And like I watched Lincoln and I remember when I'm watching Lincoln, the end of it, I'm just going, this is this is a Spielberg moment. He's just jerking himself off right now. Also, I, on your point, Jeremy, they wasted the music. At one point in the Vietnam section, they were playing both all on the watchtower, and then they also played yes. uh, the fortunate son. They should have switched that scene because when they played all on the watchtower, they wasted on them just walking through a fucking field. They should have done it for the helicopter was uh, all on the watchtower, and then the fortunate son right before they all start getting shot by the Viet Cong. Not only that, if you watch the movie, there is about a thirty second span where they have four different songs that they probably paid a lot of money, a lot of royalties <laughs> to fair. have. Oh, they're flexing, and and they 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 don't even use them, and all the the especially in. In Vietnam, all these songs are these generic wartime songs uh, all, all along the watchtower. Did, good, Nam, did good, um, uh, good Morning Vietnam come before Forrest Gump or after? I think it came before. Well before. That yeah, was that was in the 80s. Believe, then it yeah. was a ripoff of Good Morning Vietnam. I, I could agree with that. I, yeah. I mean, I could agree with the whole yeah. movie being a ripoff of Every Curious Vietnam Case Vietnam movie Benjamin uses the folk music and protest yes. poetry. Yeah. And music how, is it, how is it a ripoff of Curious Case when Benjamin Button came out in what, 2010? Hey, hey. 2008? Whose podcast idea is this, Josh? I'm just putting it out <laughs> Thank there. you. <laughs> Whose podcast is this, Jeremy? Yeah. Ooh. Hey, this is the off season. Okay. This is this is where well, see that's we, where uh, you're wrong, Jeremy. This right? is where we get better. This is this is where you're wrong, Jeremy. Here at Rumor Flies, we don't have an off season. Oh. Okay. Okay. I, I haven't heard a new episode in what three weeks? What's going on? Boo. Hey, Jeremy, you a Patreon member? <laughs> <laughs> I offered. I offered to give you money. Damn it. Next point. Next point. We this don't is take mail orders. This. Well, I didn't know. We don't there do was, money that, that, Greg didn't specify that while he was talking. Okay, this is based on a Winston Groom novel, and I, I'm, I'm You having, read the book, right? I have read the book. I'm putting that in air quotes altogether. This book and this movie have nothing to do with each other at all. There is, I think, maybe one, maybe two lines in this book that are in the movie, and that's when he's talking about the rain uh, and when about the rain coming in different directions yes itty bitty stinging rain big old fat sometimes rain, rain comes up and it comes from below and when he, when he's talking about the different people from all around the country text from wherever Cleveland from wherever those are the only two things that have anything to do with this book so basically Eric Roth decided to just take this source material and just say we don't want to make Forrest Gump six foot six and uh, a beast and we're just going to make him into Tom Hanks that's called pulling a Kubrick yeah, pretty much. Yeah. But Kubrick can sometimes pull it off. I, I fucking hate Clockwork Orange, but... Do you really? Oh, you really like the book I read better, the book right? first. That's right. I see, I didn't read the book, and I really like Clockwork Orange I love the movie. I think it's great. I, I think it's... Uh, we won't get into it, because we might have to do that movie one day. Yeah. Um, so that this, will be easy it, for me. Yeah. All right. Um, I, I, I want to talk about one of the most famous lines of the movie, Life is Like a Box it's of Chocolates. chocolates. You, you never know, know what you're, you're going to get. get. Uh, if you flip the box over or if you open <laughs> if you I didn't even write that down because I knew somebody else would say if it. If you open the box up, there's the it, paper that it tells, tells you, what's you on exactly it. what I literally every person here had that note. Is it. <laughs> and that just it bugs me every time I watch this piece of shit movie. You're gonna go on record and call it a piece of shit movie. I'm that's supposed what we're to. supposed to do. No, no, friend. no. But 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 you're just you're cementing your your viewpoint. I just want to make sure you understand. We're, this is ambiguous, Josh. We did we never gave our actual opinions on this movie. Okay. Some of the shit that we're saying is serious, and some of it might be a little bit over the envelope. Oh. But you know, we're let me, let me dive into the chocolate thing a little bit here because 
I'll probably expand a little bit more in the end, but I feel like this movie kept trying to say a lot of deep, profound things that didn't make oh, any absolutely. damn sense. And so it, like, it, I thought it, about it comes the, off as rubbish. Right. And I think about the very beginning scene. So I have this note down about the story of his, of his name, Forrest, right? Yeah. And his mom is this like compassionate, relatively smart woman who's like, you know, not like empowered modern female, whatever. Not like going like super extreme, mm-hmm. but she's like a pretty there. And her message, I wrote it down. I put, um, she names him after a KKK wizard. Not because, like, you think it's going to be like, oh, because... I, I thought that was interesting. Yeah, yeah. she's yeah. like, oh, I was like, oh, because it's like... Bad you should be your or, or rather, like, oh, you don't inherit the sins of the thought. Like, why should a good name be destroyed? Some quirky little southern thing like that. But it's because people sometimes do things that don't make sense. And I'm like, first off, you absolutely knew what that meant. You were absolutely smart to do that. What does that even mean? Yeah, I... Like, like you said there, you go, yeah. this man rode around funny robes at night. So I'm naming you after him because sometimes... People just do things that don't make what? Okay, so that was like literally. What is she saying? I'm I'm with you. It would make it would make more sense if that was in the book because in the book, Forrest Mom is kind of a bitch. She is not. And when I say kind of a bitch, I mean she's really, really a bitch. She's not very she's not a very likable person. She dogs her son a lot. She's harder on him. I picked up on that just now because. Yeah, continue. I, I I can expand on that one. Go expand. So. My thing about it is, first note that I have here real quick, there's a janky camera. If you guys haven't watched it at some points, the cameraman, and especially in the beginning of the movie, is terrible. Like it, it follows there, around a feather. Well, there's also, no, there's a the bunch feather's of... feather's not real, well, like, There are a bunch of bouncing camera scenes where, like, maybe I will I agree with technology, that. but there's a bunch of bouncing camera shots. I will agree with and that. I, and it's I definitely not the too. film stock. Like, and, the, and the other thing, too, sometimes and, there's an intercut, and, and, and it doesn't... It's different stock. It doesn't match, and it's really distracting. I'm going to sit here and say that uh, another point with uh, his ma... Um, she fucked his way into getting into school. That's what I have right there. Yeah. Okay, so I have, like, this will knock out three notes in one that I had. So I'm going to say if I was from Alabama, I would fucking hate this movie because in this movie, it portrays everyone in Alabama as a loosely morally ambiguous or just morally inept person except for maybe Jenny, maybe Forrest, and I'm not even going to say his mom because she works on fucking bribery. The principal was married if you didn't notice the ring on his uh, finger. It honestly, it just... It's a movie that works off of stereotypes. They worked on the whole like segregation. No, it thing. absolutely. Oh. Does. The only people you get to see are people chasing Forrest with a Confederate flag on the front uh, of on the truck, uh, right? Yeah. I remember all seeing that. And they say close up. They yeah, make sure yeah. you see that yeah. shit. I, I agree. I did notice that. <laughs> the as only well. end bomb they drop in the whole movie is a white dude talking about black people walking into a school, and it, it's a historic thing. Yeah, but like they just they make it seem like oh, there's for- a big Black Panther sign too. Yeah, there. Yeah, that's another good point. Yeah. <laughs> that's the N word. <laughs> they, uh, they make it seem like uh, Forrest is grown up around all these people, but somehow he turns out okay. It seems like he takes a lot from people around him, but somehow he just is he able only to takes see the high the bu- road. He sees he somehow is able to see through the bullshit, even though he has an IQ of seventy five. Yeah, like th- 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 um, stuff doesn't add up for it oh, to me. Question, quick thing about her, his mom. I forgot to mention my little notes earlier. His mom let him fucking enlist. Yeah, are his, you kidding? Okay, his mom she's is com- there when the recruiter shows up. Just is like, oh, what a wonderful opportunity. I mean, like, just is he? Are you? Here's here's my right, note about uh, that. Right, it's, sorry, it's, sorry, it's, sorry, historical sorry. lens. Yeah, I, I was it is say. a sense of pride to have your son in the military. Yeah, she knows her son is not right in the head. Perfect, okay, I'm gonna say this, soldier. But I will say this though: 
Okay. Oh, I'm going to get he shit He somehow that. managed to graduate college with what degree, by the way? Because he, he went to Alabama. Well, he went to Alabama. But, but, but that's... <laughs> the only realistic thing about this film was there are no admission standards. The only and, thing you need to do and he to, fo- to, because to, he played play, football. To, to go to Alabama is to spell B-A-M-A. That's yeah. all you need to do. Uh, no, and roll tide. Um, For the record, I have nothing wrong with the state of Alabama. I'm going to say that right now. No, no, no. But, but this movie actually, clearly does. I, I, I have steps. issues with Greenbow, Alabama. <laughs> Fuck Greenbow, Alabama. It's not, a, it's not a real place. It's not a real place. That's the the, the, the writers decide Maybe well, chicken shit and back do it. Greenbow, Alabama. Alabama. As long as we use a fake city, we can say all the mean exactly. things we want about exactly. Alabama. And, and, uh, but it's a ripoff of Savannah, I think, is what they basically took it from. My point being, though, is that he somehow managed to, to play football for, for four years. Five well, years. Five years. Go to co- you know Went to college for five years. Gets a degree, but then what? Like, what's the next step? And I feel like that was just a <laughs> plot point in the movie because he'd been working at a fucking 7-Eleven or something like that, but he goes in the army and manages to play ping pong? I'm sorry, but I got my degree, and it took me about six or seven years to actually get a decent well, job that but, wasn't working uh, in a restaurant. But I will say this, though, about them, him going to the army. I have asthma, and I'm not allowed to be in the military. But Bubba and Forrest can just get in for whatever. Lack of intelligence. Lack of intelligence. I'll that put it that doesn't seem fair. Because of the war in Viet fucking So I have two things that I can set up along they need the way. Some NFGs over there. But before I pass the baton to Greg, uh, I'd like to just start with this one. Young Forrest and older Forrest, completely different characters. Young Forrest has the every, aside from like the, the trifecta, which is a big deal, has a lot of Are you signs. talking about serial killer trifecta? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I just sorry, for- just clarify. Young yeah, Forrest. Wanna- Young Forrest comes off as a serial killer potential. Like the the story of like fucking Henry Lee Lucas, Ed Gein, the quiet kid, barely talks. All of a sudden, he only talks to one kid. Head trauma. Obsessed with his mama. Yeah. Where's uh, the head trauma though? Yeah ostracized the entire time they set him up and also just like when he's talking to the principal instead of giving him a thank you like after you know the whole (laughs) i was like this kid's gonna murder someone i'll continue on that later young forest does not fit with the rest of forest in the rest of the movie so you think that young forest and older forest are two separate entities that they try to merge they don't feel the same we're talking about the 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 same forest gun because i was a little confused what you're saying before tom hanks tom hanks's character as a child not Haley joel osmond i just want to clarify they don't feel the same at all as characters when i was looking at it i was like this could have gone a completely different direction and had like a very dark forest gump movie and then he ends up I in would, prison. I would love to see a very dark force well, come you, yeah. know, you know that they did plan on having a sequel, right? They're, yeah. It's still in the works. The uh, Gump, Gump and Company. company. Uh, I have the book. I have not read Just the book yet. Just call Gumpany. Oh, you beautiful bastard. Greg. Uh, I, think, I think we know episode title now. Yeah, I, I I hope I didn't interject too much in y'all's stuff. There's just like so much swimming in my head, and this is like one of those when you get freeform like this, I'm in dangerous territory. All right, well, so, <laughs> pick something to talk I'm about. Jenny. Okay, let's what talk did, about. What did Jenny. I say when let's you talk about in, Jenny? When you said you want to talk you said about the Jenny, most irredeemable character. In I said one of the most one of the most. You had a performance irredeemable character in cinema history. Yeah, what I disagree she, with it. What did she bring to the table that made Forrest Gump a better person? And let's get beyond that. Um, how about the fact that she, let's see, in, well, she, she, knows he's, she knows he's a little off, like he's got some issues and like, I don't care what year it is. What the fuck was that shit in college where she's just like, lets him grab her breasts and all that. Like, she, like her whole sexual relationship is, is the moment it got weird. It, I agree. It, it's a very weird relationship. It felt forced. It felt very forced. No, you know why? Uh, okay. This is me defending Forrest Gump and I really had to do this because I was Stop. like. Stop. 
you're, at, you're on the wrong podcast. We're also about to tread on very bad water right now. I don't think so. Can I just say this? And Greg, I know, I know what I'm you're going to say. You I know what you're going to say. I'm talking about her as an agent, not Forrest's decision-making no, ability. Jenny was the most believable character in the entire goddamn movie. False. False, false, false. I'm sorry. She was addicted to how many drugs, and she had somebody's Medal of Honor. She would have sold that shit in a heartbeat for a rock. Very true. But at the same rate, you never, never saw, saw her smoking crack. Number two, uh, we never saw the, her do heroin. We're talking about the college days. She, she never, was, she never physically. She has AIDS. Oh, I guess having sex. You never with physically yeah. saw her do any drugs. She was being. Oh, Alice, you did see her do acid. She dropped. Acid. It was a sugar cube. No, you don't know that. It could have been a thin mint. It was a sugar cube. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> she was being an experimental college kid. Not even college girl. Just college kid. Oh, it was a lot more than that. No, okay. I, I'm just saying. You weren't around at the time, Greg. Up until the 70s, Jenny was not that terrible. Well, anyway, the thing is. I'm like, sorry for, I'm sorry like, for defending that. Thing, why do we trust her, though? Like, she's there and she goes, that's your kid force. Why? Because their heads tilt. Like, are you shitting me? So How he, many men did she sleep with? How do we know it's his kid? This, I can tell you why. I can tell you why. His name was Forrest. I can tell you why, the, my problem with Jenny. <laughs> For a movie called okay. Forrest Gump, she was an awful second, in, like, partner in crime with him. She was terrible. She did nothing that made him a better person. She brought nothing to the table. I wish the movie was about Jenny instead of Forrest. I, I, I would have loved to see right, a spinoff right. movie. That's fine. But this movie was called Forrest Gump. Yes. I, I have my own Jenny things, and I'll save it for the end. No, but but my, my whole point in this being is that, like, this girl fucks with him. Like, okay, she tries to be there for him, tries to protect him, whatever. It doesn't work. She leaves him. He still holds on to her. He writes her every day. She doesn't, you don't, you never hear anything from her writing back to him or whatnot. No, she had, he had a whole fucking stack of letters that from That was Jenny return mail. No, that was return mail. Oh. That wasn't mind. from her. She it, never it was, wrote him. It was undeliverable. That's right. the point. Yeah. Oh, she's and, so bad. Yeah, she never did anything to him. And then all of a sudden she's fooling around with all these other guys. He goes, he's waiting in the rain. To give her chocolate. All right, you say fool around with all these other guys. She never said that she was his. Uh, okay, that's I'm fine. your girl, Forrest. Yeah, I, I, but I'll, I'll concede that point, you know. But he's waiting for her in the rain, and then he start, he beats the shit out of the other guy, pulls him out, whatever. And but then immediately after, if if she's not with Forrest and she's fooling around with this other guy, she takes him inside and she lets him cop a feel. So clearly, there's there's some kind of dynamic going on there, and eventually, the only time, and I'll and I'll just I'll skip all the bullshit in the middle with the Black Panthers and all that other stuff. We'll go to the end where my where my main point is. She gets AIDS and fucking has a kid, Doesn't and then say, she decides, then decides She's that it's got AIDS. she decides it's to let him AIDS. know that the son is hers. Which, by the way, let's go on Mari real quick and find out if that really I know, is his kid. Like, there's nothing else indicated, and he's and he's to be a dick. He's too stupid to know. He is too stupid to know. And it's like she's manipulating his emotions potentially. And here's the thing. And like she sees him in the news, knows he's rich. I'm not saying like, oh, she's just like, oh, I would get mine. But like at the same time. Towards she comes, the end, she could be manipulative. Yeah, I will concede back, to that. And then not to, not to mention, high chance that the kid probably has AIDS. Mm -hmm. And Forrest. might have AIDS. He's got the HIV. He might. And so we don't know how many times they slept together. It might have only been that one time. Who knows? If, you, if it only happened one time, it's very low chance. I Depends actually on if you read the book like or the, watched the movie. I looked up the chances of like uh, the whole thing. Of like uh, the thing the people talking about the, the chance of like the, the people talking about chance of like a straight white male getting AIDS from consensual like uh, uh, straight yes. intercourse yeah like uh, vaginal intercourse Locking. and they were only articles from fucking Mike Cernovich so 
I can't give you the actual debunking that shit right now, but I would love to talk about it in the future. Well, if you just rub colloidal silver on your ding dong. But see, even then, they didn't, I even thought, I even tried to be nice. Like, I know we're looking for the bad in this movie in some ways, and all of us have different opinions of the movies, but I legitimately sat back, and that's something that bothered me, whether I liked the movie or not, and before reviewing this, I went, the AIDS thing's really big sticking point for me, because... They Same with don't Jenny know with it. me. Sure. Same with Jenny with me. They don't know a lot about it at the time. The U.S. government does. A lot of stuff about that. We can get all that controversy. Well, I mean, they created it, right? There you go. Put in the chicken nuggets. So the 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 mm. government might... There's some stuff going on, but the public isn't really aware of it yet, judging by the time. I forgot the exact year, but I remember I double-checked. So, so she yeah. dies in what? 82, 85, 82. 84 or something like that? Yeah. And yeah. so it's kind of an unknown thing. But the fact is that like the book, the movie doesn't even figure out. It like doesn't matter if they know it or not. Her kid probably has it, and he might have it. It's like, it's but not, it's glossed it's not, over. It yeah, doesn't, it's not even the fact that I sit there and go, "She's selfish for doing that." Well, she doesn't know. Fine, she's ignorant. Whatever, cool. She doesn't know what's going but, on. But that's she fair. tells him she's sick. Right. Well, it doesn't mean it's necessarily he's, he's going to contract it. Well, she she know says it. They virus. what viruses are movie, naturally contracted. But the movie is being but, no. But the movie this. is being ruthless. Is being needlessly cruel. It's needlessly cruel, and that's something throughout the whole movie we see with Jenny, with everyone. It's like they're calling like the stupid retard stuff, like all the stuff they keep saying that shit to him. It's like, it's like I don't know. The movie felt really cruel, and the Jenny thing really cements that for me. I agree. It I just, agree. It's just he probably has AIDS. And, well, he might have AIDS. He's lower chance, but if he doesn't, his kid probably does. And the movie's like, oh, it's true love, in in an arguably situation where. It, is it a fully consensual right. relationship? It's manipulative. <laughs> it's fucking manipulative. Yeah, it's like I don't know. I mean, I, I, I just uh, Jenny drives me crazy. Anyway, that's kind of my. I can't that's wait my for my closers. Do you think AIDS <laughs> makes you see dead people? Six Sense, Forrest Gump, same universe, same thing. Yeah. Done. Because I mean, <laughs> I have a theory that wa- that the Water Boy and Forrest Gump take place in the same universe. Insensitivity all around. We're just doing it. This is the podcast. I, now. I think that the Water Boy is just a better ripoff of Forrest Gump. I actually think Con Air is more of a ripoff of uh, Forrest Gump. No, why? No, if, Wait, no, if you know this. I gotta know no, this. like watch both of those movies back to back, and you will find so many similarities. Not just Michael T. Williamson, but there are so many similarities. Bad accents, Alabama. There's just so much. <laughs> Alabama, baby, dad is coming for you. I will say, dude, Tom Hanks did watch, not have a good watch Alabama both, accent. Watch both movies back to back, and you will know exactly what I'm talking about. I remember watching Con Air one night after I—I I don't know if it was like right after I watched Forrest Gump, but I'm like, man, this is really Forrest Gump. Like, I really wish I could give better examples off the top of my head. Real quick, <laughs> another Dave Chappelle movie. They, he should have been in. He should have been he in was. Forrest Gump. Just go yeah. from the from the beginning. From this. Uh, from this. Do you guys think? By the end of the movie, Forrest Gump became from a feel-good movie to a feel-bad movie? Or I, did it stay as a feel-good movie? I think, well, so I think that they wanted it to remain a feel-good movie. Oh, wait, it's called Oscar bait when they do a little bit of both, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah okay. That, okay, and this is something that bothered me. We were talking about Oscar bait was Lieutenant Dan bringing his uh, girlfriend. Asian wife? Asian wife to His Forrest redemption, wedding. you mean? Um, I did I, not mo- even pick okay. up on you that. You did most, oh, most Vietnam veterans, Vietnamese. most Vietnam veterans won't even buy a foreign vehicle, much less marry an Asian woman. Ask Josh's dad. I was waiting for it. I didn't <laughs> want to bring it up because he's my <laughs> uncle too. But that really bugged me. And if we want to talk about what like things that are really really bugging me about this movie is if you get to the point where he starts to run, 
the movie it falls flat. I was gonna say what the it, hell it was that fell, about? Except it completely for references. Like it it wasn't even shit happened. It's just it was feeding cultural references. But, all it was going. For. But the movie died at that point, yeah, and then it's I like, agree. okay, how can we move this? Wait, this, we're talking about the running section. Yes. yes. Yeah, I have that. That was fucking pointless. How can we move this movie forward? Because he's sitting there, and I'm like, okay, what's next? Even though I've seen this movie a hundred times, like, what's next? And then he just starts running, and that's the only thing that moves this movie forward is him running, and that's so that's, that's and I, bad, I say, bad writing. I will say that you could take out that whole bit about running, and like, if you get to like, and I just felt like running, and then you get to the end where he's just like, I think I'll go home now. You could cut out everything in between that, and it wouldn't change a thing. Well, there was everything else point. in the movie you can track down to a certain point in history, and even though they have their own little spin on it. There was no story about a guy running across the nation twice over. Uh, and just, yeah, that's true. That's like, also good. Everything well, else no, 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 there had was... a historical like little no, no. piece that Forrest like, pushed himself into. I okay, will I'm say that disagree. there was, there was uh, a story about a guy running for the homeless, I think it was. And he ran from like San Francisco or uh, from like uh, – he ran from the then East Coast. Then make the goddamn movie about him. Well, but my point being is that it is based off of somebody who who did that. All right, so if we're talking about historical accuracies, I looked it up. Um, John Lennon was on the Dick Cavey show three times, none of which Forrest Gump was the second person on the show. So that's oh, total bullshit. So a fictional character wasn't really on there? Correct. Okay. What hacks? But can we talk about the whole... Uh, like him talking to Nixon, talking... The, the, uh, mo- the, the motion tracking for the mouth? Awful. It was terrible. Awful. Like that's all. That is. That's a legitimate. It complaint. was really bad. Yeah. The and yet one... it won best visual effects at the Oscars. Did it really? Yes, it did. Uh, so it wasn't because the feather. It, not to so... mention the visual effects. <laughs> the visual effects are like a few minutes of the whole damn movie, and the napalm scene was super fucking fake. Like and all the explosion behind him. The oh, it was so like, bad. Those are like, like yeah, like so aside bad. from the struggles of like the other VFX they do weren't good. Kennedy's. <laughs> <laughs> Kennedy's mouth tracking wasn't bad, but it everybody else was, was terrible. I was, I was like, Nixon's the only one that I was okay Nixon with. Nixon was atrocious. John Lennon was my least favorite because his voice actor was the worst. And how dare they say Forrest Gump came up with the lyrics to Imagine? Right? I mean, that song sucks anyway. Yeah, the mouth tracking was <laughs> pretty bad. I, I did not like that. Um, back rotation, Josh, you got anything? Or Jeremy, you have anything to continue on that? I have nothing to no, continue. No, he's just mad I said Imagination yeah, sucks I'm, I'm, as a song. Imagination. How about the Beatles just suck as a band? Let's go with that. I'll go with that. Uh, Josh, what you got? So can we do a podcast where we have worst band, best band, and we do Nickelback <laughs> as talking about great and Beatles talking about bad? Is that what we're going to go for? No. no. Yeah, fuck you guys. <laughs> uh, okay, well, also, well, Sally, I... Sally Field was born in 1946. Tom Hanks was born in 1956. Do the it. math. Yeah, 10 years. 10 years. I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, All right. Is <laughs> that necessary? All right. Uh, I will say, uh, let, let's kind of like wrap this up so we can get on to the next part of the, ah, this episode. I, I got a couple more. <laughs> okay. We all, no, no. Then hit him. Hit your bullets. Hit yeah. your bullets. Do uh, it. All right. Uh, so the one, I already said the part about Young Forest. Let's talk about Lieutenant Dan and Forrest with their Bubba Gump uh, industry. They are the most opportunistic assholes ever by taking advantage of the hurricane to pretty much make themselves rich. Yes, they were the only ones that were able to take advantage of it, but this movie sent a strange message. Had Forrest go to church? He only started doing it so he could get something. 
All those other fishermen probably also went to church. They were in the deeps of, was it Louisiana at that point, or was it Mississippi? What bayou was it? There's a bayou. Uh, bayou Labattery. Oh, that's in Alabama. That is in Alabama? Okay. Doesn't matter. I know it, was, it was Hurricane Camille, which I know had a lot of effect on Louisiana. I'm not sure it, how much it, it had it on It stretched over. Are you telling me all those other like fishermen didn't fucking pray, and then all of a sudden their boats got destroyed, they and then just like, as much. here comes Forrest Gump also, and Lieutenant Dan, who are not involved in the stripping industry, and just get rich off of not it. Not only religion, but baptism in particular. Yeah. Oh, uh, and then after that, the Lieutenant Dan scene. That looked like a suicide scene when he was like, I never really told you. Dude, Thank you for saving dude, my life. Seriously, I thought he killed himself. And then he found peace with God. And there's glowing in the sky. And you're like, so he just that, laid it off and drowned? That like, was the most non-sequitur like, scene. Like, we good, fam? <laughs> no, seriously. Like, you're no, like, I'm with you. Like, there's all of a sudden smash cut to the next scene. You're like, well, like, is he is he gone? And my, <laughs> my first thought was when he started swimming, I was like, what happens when his arm gets tired? Yeah, by Lieutenant Dan. But, it, yeah, like it, it, that was so... It was such a weird scene. Yeah, it, it felt a little out of place. It did. Um, And then here's one of my pet theories, and I was talking about for Forrest when I was talking about the movie as a kid. All like, Have you noticed that every big assassination in the U.S., like while Forrest is alive, was mentioned in that movie? And they kept showing him watching on the TV and just not kind of worrying about it or just it having to be there? JFK, Robert F. Kennedy... Uh, there's the attempt on. I was gonna, they talk uh, about the attempt on Nixon. Ford? Uh, no, Ford. It, was on, it was on Joe Ford, Ford by yeah. uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, Squeaky Fromm. That's it. And then they had uh, that was Manson, right? John Lennon. Well, Manson wasn't involved with that. Squeaky but that, Fromm but that was did, the, she did her own thing, but right. she wasn't the Manson. Cult. Right. Okay. Uh, but uh, the Squeaky Fromm. They had John Lennon. They had all sorts of people. They did have John Lennon. It made they it never mentioned Martin Luther King. There was a there cut was some scene. Cut scene. Oh, there scene. was. Yes. Okay. I there was. Yes. I was wondering because I just sat there and I went, wait a second. Did they never mention Martin Luther King? They had it, but they cut it out. They, oh, wait, 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 so they didn't in the movie. It's not in the movie. Not in the movie, but it is cut. Anyway, during all these assassination attempts, at some point it seemed like if you had just changed the music like a little bit, just put like a little violin in there, yeah. it may <laughs> seem like it could have been like Forrest Gump was gearing up to assassinate a president. Yeah. Like, it really seemed like he was a sleeper cell at some point. And that made me uncomfortable. Uh, my last two notes... The movie ultimately was too safe. It didn't challenge your mind at all whatsoever. It didn't make you think hard about anything. It was just kind of like a movie, an autobiography of a dude that didn't exist. And he happened to have been morally good in every certain sense of the way, even though he was raised around some of the most terrible people possible. Apparently, Which the movie kept beating you over the head with. A, apparently even worse in the book. Like, apparently he just has this divine intervention of IQ of 75, and he's not susceptible to any sort of, like, uh, cultural, racial, societal, political type yeah. of thing that would not be in line with the general audience. Okay, whatever. I'm going to go ahead and pass off that. Okay, and- well, let me put it to you this way. John F. Kennedy was what? What party? Uh, he was Democrat. Okay. Robert was a? Democrat. Lyndon B. Johnson was a? Democrat. Okay. And where was he from? Alabama. Which is mostly? Republican. Republican. Okay, so I don't understand why there wasn't any issue with him meeting any of them. Well, I mean, I, I think that's would be splitting hairs but, right there. But, but my yeah. point being is that you would think that if in a normal circumstance, somebody would brought up their issues with meeting three separate or having three separate Democrats not do anything that they would really care for. He also met Nixon though. And then started his downfall. Well, but he was, but that's another point is that the one Republican he met, he ended up costing him his presidency. (laughs) (laughs) So like that, that, I mean, that is a legitimate point to have. Uh, As far as we know, Forrest could have been the one on the grassy knoll, but you know, 
Maybe you that know, was in the director's cut. That would have been really interesting. Yeah, that could have made the movie a little bit of a brain bender, which it fucking wasn't because the movie was too goddamn safe because they won an Oscar. My well, they la- got it. My last bit is that we're going to go round back to Jenny. Here's why I initially, you guys have opened my eyes a little bit about Jenny. Yeah, she could be seen as manipulative. But ultimately, they tried to make it seem like this nice little relationship. I'm going to go with the Jenny side of it. And maybe it's also her fault, too. But whatever. Um, Forrest is a fucking dog with a human body. He is unaware of how to interpret any other person's emotion. He's just happy all the time. He doesn't to tell people like uh, that specific scene when Jenny came back and it was like, all we did was walk a lot, and then I told her stuff. Jenny didn't talk much, but I just told her everything about myself. It was him just being like, oh, my God, I saw a squirrel the other day, and then I got a stick and everything like that. Jenny is isolated the entire movie in terms of her emotions, even when Forrest is around, because there is no way, apparently they're making it very clear that he cannot comprehend any of the complexities of her life, and he doesn't give a shit. He doesn't even ask her for the most part. He doesn't part. understand it. Yeah. And and to be fair, and she to, is dating a dog. And and, and to build off of that, the only time she ever really, you remember he asked her like, "Will you marry me?" And she tells him, "No, whatever, fuck off, jump in a river." His tail stops wagging and he walks outside. And, and he starts running. And the only time she ever makes any kind of advance towards him is when she realizes that she's forced. I'm really sick, and the doctor's no one wrong with me. She's just trying to take care of her kid. Yeah. And it's it's not even her feelings for him. It's that that maternal instinct of, well, I'm not going to be around and my kid's going to need someone to take care of. And him. it's all the scenes with like, you know, let's see when she's in the car and then she's just fooling around. He comes and just punches the dude like a dog would think that, you know, his. Oh, they're hurting her. They're injured. hurting her. They're hurting her. And then once three again, different times on the Three stage, times he yeah, does that. It does it, it several times. The, there's only one time that I would say it was completely justified where he should have jumped in for that. But um, uh, when he's when he's the making Black that, Panther party, yeah, yeah, yeah. Underground when, he, when he's making that speech and all of a sudden she calls his name. What does he do? Runs to her. Yeah, he's a dog. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm, Gump, just, I'm reinforcing your he, point. He's a dog. It's a great dog and master movie, but it is a terrible one for an actual relationship. It is a relationship where, yeah, maybe Jenny is taking advantage of Forrest, but also, I mean, like, I don't think he knows any better. Yeah, I mean, but it's yeah, he doesn't know any better, and she doesn't. She's completely isolated the entire movie. And it's it's another she did, point. He did not help her one bit for the most part either. Outside of after she passes away, taking care of her kid. Yeah, and it was just like, well, nobody else in my life you would know, really do fair, it for me. That's a but, fair point. I brought up what did Jenny bring to the table, but, but what did Forrest bring to Jenny? Yeah, I mean, money. But, but that's exactly like, but it's still benefit. Wow, okay, that came off really wrong. No, but you're you're right though. We're looking. at Forrest is a great asset. Yeah, uh, that's fair. It's just um, safety. That was the thing that really hammered into my head at that point. It's yeah. like you know, I don't have a problem with Jenny as a character. I thought she was great in terms of like actually having some roundedness. Because that's my complaint about every other character in the movie is that they fall flat. Yeah, even Forrest. Or not even that. Not only do they fall flat. But it's very, like, a very cliche. You can telegraph their next move as it goes. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, okay. Also, uh, the, the, what made me realize Forrest was a dog was when he saw Lieutenant Dan in the dock. He jumped off the fucking boat and then just let it crash into a dock. And not only that, they that, t- I was like, that's like a dog joining, like, seeing somebody he hadn't seen in a while. What is he most famous for in the army? Uh, loyalty. And not only that. Saving a bunch of people. Playing ping pong. Doesn't keep his eye up. He doesn't blink. He doesn't take his eye off the ball. He doesn't blink the entire time he's playing ping pong. Are you I saying dogs ping can't pong? He's just watching it over and over again. 
it's uh, it's it's more. There's more to it than just keeping. No, but seriously, ball. in the entire film, because I noticed this, when they tell him to keep his eye on his ball, eye on the ball when he's playing ping pong, he does not blink, not once. Yeah, true. So closing bitches for Forrest Gump. No, I mean we've 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 talked this movie to the ground. Let's let's start talking about a good movie, please. <laughs> yeah, the best movie. I only have one short note. Good. Very short. Good. Um. I touched on the issue earlier of this film is needlessly cruel. And I just want to read what I wrote down because I made a point to kind of write this down was the film is needlessly cruel. The number of incidents of bullying, calling him stupid, calling him a retard. All these things are excessive and belabor the point. Also, given the number of people who are not at all aware of it, who are like completely treat like they, they, there's you see some people dancing around it and being really shitty to him. Other people who like seem to be completely unaware this guy is not functioning like a stand- normal adult. I, I just it, it bothered me a lot, and then as I so you said, think you think it bothers you that some people inconsistent are completely, treatment yeah, completely. Okay. It's like people are a complete for a guy who stood out so much from that they're completely oblivious. Well, it is Alabama, <clears throat> fair enough. And then the other <laughs> thing is just it's pretty and it says nothing. So anyway, can we <laughs> talk about some cinematic pretty. masterpieces now? All right, so this episode is called "The Tale of Two Times" for a reason. We had Tom Hanks in that horrible, god awful piece of shit known as Forrest Gump. And now we have the cinematic masterpiece known as Freddy Got Fingered. A Frederick Got Fingered. Starring. Starring, directed, written, and produced by Tom Green. Yeah. I actually did not know it was all of those. Oh, it was. Everything. Yeah. So this movie starring. He had someone else write it with him. Yeah, uh, Derek Harvey, whatever. Something like that. All right, this movie stars Tom Green, Rip Torn, Eddie K. Thomas, Harlan Williams. Who I love. I like too. My, uh, Anthony Michael Hall, Julie Haggerty. Yeah, which by the way, it was weird. I'm like, the fucking guy from The Breakfast Club? Yeah, he's he's like buff as shit now. Have you seen that yeah, movie? He's ripped. Uh, dude, he's... He's ripped. He's a, he's a monster. And you just... Uh, Wait, did me, he, was he Freddy? No, no, no. no, no. Freddy that was, was uh, uh, Eddie K. Thomas. What else is he in? Because I American was, Pie. American Pie. Got it. That was it. And he's in that shitty new uh, CBS show. Not Freddie Got Fingered, Any though. Any new CBS show is a shitty show. Uh, anyway, Drew Barrymore's Don't in Don't talk this. shit about young Sheldon. <sighs> Shaquille O'Neal, uh, Noel Fisher. Uh, this, Which, that was weird seeing Shaq I, in there. Loved she, it. That, it. Loved it. It was it was, it was was wonderful. It was the best cameo I think I've ever seen in my life. That's false. Tom Cruise, Tropic Thunder. Okay, okay. second best. Uh, it's got an IMDb score. Like I said, third best. <laughs> <laughs> IMDb score 4.5 out of 10. Metacritic 13. Rotten Tomatoes 11. Metacritic 13? Yeah. I saw that. They, I, I don't understand where the critics went wrong Whoa. on this. Um as far as uh, awards, it's won the Razzie for Worst Picture, um, Worst Actor. What worst year was this? 19, nine, two, nope, 2001. 2001. Um, worst Picture, Worst Actor, Worst Screenplay, Worst Director. Um, I think it worst, was distracted by 9-11. I think 9-11 got better ratings than this. Worst Screen Couple. Uh, it was also nominated for Supporting Actor, Worst Supporting Who got supporting? Rip Torn? Rip Torn. I don't know how. Uh, he worst actually su- was really good. He was That was, was probably the best part of the movie. I was, will agree with that. He was great. Uh, worst Supporting Actress two times, Drew Barrymore and Julie Haggerty. Uh, it was also nominated for Worst Comedy of the First 25 Years um, of the Razzies and Worst Picture of the Decade. So who uh, only got nominated? Only got nominated. Who won? Uh, worst Comedy of the First 25 Years was won by Geely. And that was a comedy? I thought it was Pat thought, that was yeah. going to win. Uh, uh, and Worst Picture of the Decade was Battlefield Earth. Uh, this movie's budget was $14 million. Was it, it that much? And it grossed 
$14.24 million. So they made Above money. board. They made money. They made their money back. Um, and then some. So this movie, Tom Green stars as Gore. He's a 28-year-old cartoonist who strives to be like his hero, Charles Schultz. And he moves to Los Angeles to make those dreams come to fruition. After being shunned by a TV producer played by Anthony Michael Hall, he moves back to Portland and move back in with his mom and dad. After being heroic at a hospital and delivering a baby in dramatic fashion, Gord scores a date with Betty, a paraplegic sex addict nurse who is just as zany as Gord. After an argument with his father, Gord accuses him of fingering Gord's little brother, Freddy, hence the title, which is just fucking brilliant. Freddy got fingered. Freddy got fingered. I love how they use as the title as if it's like going to be the whole plot of the damn movie. They introduce it like, what, two-thirds of the way in, yeah. and then basically... Which is brilliant. Freddy's All these Forrest until- Gump, I mean, you see Forrest in like the first scene, you know what's going on there. With Freddy got fingered, you have no idea what's going on. See, I like how they just took it for face value. I thought it was going to be double entendre where like, you know, it was going to be... Tom Green's character, Freddy, this is going to the movie blind. Tom Green's character, Freddy, gets fingered for a crime. Yep. But it wasn't that. He just went straight for what it was. His brother getting fingered. By his dad. So Gord is inspired. Allegedly. Gord is, uh, yeah, we do have to say allegedly. It was never proven nor denied. Well, I mean, he did end up at the institution, uh, well, at the uh, school for <laughs> oh my molested God. children. The scene, I was fucking dying. That was... They have was it was this no secrets no more secrets yeah no more secrets <laughs> little and the kid the little redhead kid that it's puts okay. his hand on him I know it's we're, like we're it's getting okay. ahead of ourselves <laughs> all right so Gord is inspired by Betty to once again pursue his dreams of becoming a cartoonist and with the help of his father Gord gets a million dollars to get his own TV show can we just talk about the fact that he continues to work work in a sandwich shop over. And over again, not just a sandwich shop. Well, I guess it's mostly the cheese, the, cheese the, sandwich. The cheese shop. sandwich. Where have you ever seen anything like this before? This is original shit here. We have a place called Nola Big Cheesy. Well, the whole thing is, even in the very beginning of the movie, it's like the cold open is punk rock. Gets on a skateboard, like the funny comic thing, and it's got this lol. Random. That was a good tracking shot, though. Well, it that was, was. And, they, and it's this, it it's really this was. whole lol random aspect to it, which people can rip on, but ultimately, like, that is it's a capsule. Time. It's a it time is. capsule of the time. It really like, is. They literally sat there and went, Tom Green, everyone likes this stuff because of this, like, aren't I so random humor, and then they put it into a movie. Was Tom was Green like, ever on Jackass? Because I feel like he would have fit right in at some point. No, I don't but think like, he was. It was the same time period. Totally was, the same time but, period. But like later in the movie when Harlan Williams breaks his leg on the skateboard ramp, and he, just, the, and he just starts licking the bone that's sticking out of his leg. I couldn't handle that. Right. That was a little much for me. But, but, that, <laughs> but that is that time frame. Like, lol, aren't I so random? Shock. Also when, shock value. When he delivers the baby, and he starts swinging it over his head by the fucking umbilical cord. Spraying blood that women are chanting and some music some, and yeah i don't i don't even know was that like native american or first nation whatever it is so know. jeremy you want to start with some bullet points yeah anyway. bullet points i mean what what works about this movie the father-son relationship between gord that, and rip yes. torn it ended up being it, redemption it, it is it, the it driving works. force behind it, it, it. it i mean they are they're they're at each other's throat the whole movie and uh, josh you 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 could say you know you have a dad you you guys, you guys do that. You're at each other's throat all the time. Are you trying to guilt him because he has a dad around here? I'm sorry, and who my father was. Let's guilt Greg too. Whatever. Let's just do it. 
All right, uh, no matter what it takes, Tom Green is committed to this role. No matter how disgusting <laughs> these things that he does are, no matter how many elephants he jacks off, no matter how many... Two, correct? Or the, no, one, one, one elephant one and one, one horse. horse. I mean, he only he's, jacked off one real animal penis in the movie. He's committed to it. And, I mean, it, it's disgusting, yes, but he does it. He goes full force into this. There's even, at the end of the movie, when he has the, uh, the, the deer carcass on him and he's doing his stupid shit, he even says in, a, in an outtake, he's like, what the fuck am I doing? What am I, like, because he knows this is stupid, but this is what the audience, the jackass audience of the early 2000s was looking for. This was made for people who was, like, this was made for people. I, it's the targeted demographic. It was made for people who like the Tom Green show, not the people who like the Green Tom show. Uh, okay. okay. Uh, uh, <laughs> Greg, Greg gets it. That was my he, big joke. He had a... <laughs> Wind it up. He had a, a planting <laughs> show, the Green Tom show. <laughs> Tom's Green Thumbs. Yeah, right? It's just a home ex show. All uh, right, so Rip Torn looks like he's having a great time in this movie, too. Rip like, Torn was great. He channeled Jack Nicholson. I mean, this he movie, did. Did. I don't, I don't I know how that. this movie ruined his career like it did, but, I mean, he's having a do, good do, time. Wait, wait, do people say that this ruined his career? Uh, it's If you look at his filmography after, the only real big thing he's done was a sequel. I think uh, his bank account said it ruined his career. <laughs> Are you talking about Men in Black? Men in Black 3 was probably the biggest thing he did after that, and he wasn't even a big character. False. I don't think he played Zed. I mean, he's probably been in a few other movies. Dodgeball? Dodgeball, but it's it was... He is arguably the most iconic part about Dodgeball. Dodge, duck, dip, dive, and dodge. I agree. I mean... I agree. But his career after this movie went in decline. It's just like the stock market. When it falls, it rises up a little bit and then it keeps on falling. So dodgeball was his last little ditch effort of trying to rise it back up. And then it fell right back off the earth. Jeremy's a stockbroker. He knows this stuff. I was going to say, I do work at a bank. He's an economist. Uh, can we say that they actually did start off with a pretty funny scene? Uh, we talked about this before we start recording. The car scene where Freddy gets his car. Get out the Fre- fucking way! Yeah, it just like I like, laugh out loud every time I see that scene. Uh, I thought that, and that even was... watching it by myself. How many times y'all watch a movie by yourself and you laugh out loud? You chuckle to yourself, but you're never like, ha! like that shit makes me laugh. Yeah, <laughs> it was just it was like such a heartfelt scene at first of him like taking up the helm of responsibility and maturity and everything. Just shitting all over. Get out the it. fucking way! And that and it's 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 hilarious. I backwards, mean, man, it, I'm the backwards man. Okay, I laughed a lot of that. Backwards man was funny too. I can move backwards as fast as you can. Because backwards man, yeah. Okay, I did laugh at that a lot at one point. And the deal is, Carlene watched half the movie with me. She didn't get to see the eponymous horse scene uh, that everybody talks so much about. But I will say, <laughs> I'm a farmer. It's a it's a brave movie. Bo- Forrest Gump is not a brave movie. No, this is a safe. brave movie. That. Surrealist, ultimately. He put himself out there. And just like he was willing to touch a horse's <laughs> erect penis for and, entertainment, and not only that, I can't believe him saying I'm I'm trying not and, to break oh, character and, right and here. Let's, Jesus. let's say it this way: there was no redeemable qualities about Jenny, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, and you know, arguably, Forrest was below average intelligence. Okay, um, so he needed some help along the way. And talking about needing help along the way, the woman uh, Betty Betty was disabled, and Gord did not let that affect his opinion on her, and he really did care for her. He bought her a bag full of jewels. That's true. Literally, <laughs> just said, I brought you a bag of jewels. 
And all no, she all no, she wanted ring. was and to the, blow him. And that's all she wanted was give him a blow, Jay. It was a much more stable relationship because they both knew what they were in for. That, that is, and that is it true. There was there was no behind the well, curtains there. It, can I can I kind of explore? Sorry, you finish your thought. And I'll, 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 yeah. It seems like they legitimately cared for each other. I was going to say really quick about, about Betty and him and their relationship is that, you know, I was kind of saving this for the end, but it, it can really be said whatever. His story in a lot of ways is we're getting the story of someone trying to function with, honestly, severe mental impairment. The guy, I don't know what exactly he has. I'm not a doctor. Yeah, but oh, he's, that's on he's like super right. It's like the antisocial behavior. I put like you can tell from his lack of comfort sexually, like how much he kept rejecting her. Um, he's like every time he was super socially awkward, like he couldn't even believe he got a number, but not in the like, I'm a nerd. I got a number. He's just like functionally like, what, what do I do? He can't turn off the totally random button. Right. And, and he suffers from delusions over active imagination. He accuses dad of child molestation just because it seemed like a good idea at the time. And like it, it, the whole thing is that he's the whole thing. And then here comes Betty who clearly relates with him. But is so much more functional. But at such a high level. I think, I think what's going on is she gets him and is. And notice, she's the driving force behind him quitting the third time that she's up and going and doing the animation. As absurd as it was and all the improbabilities you can get into that, but the fact is, he got off his ass and did it. And it's like basically someone who is more functional than him helped guide him a little bit. People boosting each other up. It was, much. though. It really was. Like, you're getting the story and you're seeing his worldview. You're getting the story of, like, this guy who's got all this passion and a dream. We can all relate to that, right? Talk about the room earlier. Like, it's this idea of you can make fun of Tom Uiso all day, but he got rejected and he went, screw it, I'm making a movie and I don't and, care what they say. And, and, he, and he went for it. And, and not, there's something, there's a triumph there. And there's actually something I really respect that the creative decision this movie went. Not once did it bring a single narcotic drug pill of any sort into it and it was just who they were yeah you're right so you cannot you cannot well, say well it's just the drugs or aside just whatever. from uh, aside from the dad with uh oh he gets shit house on, and fuck tells him fuck me <laughs> well okay so he but gets narcotic, drunk, but, he's but, narcotics but like yeah, yeah, yeah. there's yeah. no there's no weed weird. there's no acid there's no x there's there's nothing in it that alters the state of mind it's just who they are and you get a very genuine character out of it all, all the quirks, all the bad, and everything—you get a genuine character. Yeah, out of I it. enjoyed Betty's scene, like the whole coffee creamer thing in the very beginning when they like introduced her. That was her. establishing their connection. I liked it a lot. That just, is like, a her deal, random it, thing. It was fun. Absolutely. And then also, like afterwards, when you know the, that little dark humor and everything, it was like, what was the line? Oh, it must be totally fun being a nurse at this hospital. Yeah, sometimes people die I, of cancer here. Yeah, but like, but just like I was just that. Took me off kilter. Like, I didn't know and, that that was going to happen. And not only that... You didn't know anything from this movie was going to happen. No. Very good point. I, and not only that, the fact that she gets off to her beating the shit out of her crippled legs where she doesn't well, feel Well, because she wants to feel something. Right. And, like, I get that, though. Like, you get that sense of, I don't feel anything. I want... Like, somebody... This guy makes me feel something different for a change. I want him to do this. And, and the transition scene with their, like, when she was giving him a blowy, like, she very much wanted to do... How it panned over to the, to Eiffel, the Tower. Eiffel Tower construction like uh, time lapse, that was actually a really good shot. It yeah. was, I agree. I like regardless of what lewdness it referred to, that was a good shot. That's and, something that I would expect of Coppola. And not only that, you want to talk about the scene where you first meet all the kids in the molestation home? I was fucking dying. I know that was so. And funny. they were watching Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But not only that, before you get into that. That tracking shot of the them going in and the door opening and it goes oh, all the way to yeah, the back. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, that's a really good shot. And then you see the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. There were no good tracking shots in Forrest Gump. Can I say that? You can say that. 
You can definitely they say that. They abuse the jib, that's for sure. Yeah. Rise into the heavens. Okay, so <laughs> when I watch a movie, what I love about a particular movie is its originality. If I've seen something in a movie over and over and over, it's it, it, it wears on me. And I watch a lot of movies, so I've seen a lot of things. A different lot. tropes, different a lot of different, tropes. yeah, exactly. Like this movie has none of them. Everything you expect to happen in this movie does not happen. Daddy, you, would you like some sausages? What, it's, that <laughs> is the scene that it's, everyone it, remembers. It's and... irreverent. It, you may not think it's funny, but it's different. It's unique. It's 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 challenging to the viewer on some of these things with actually sitting through all of it and not leaving the movie. Um, but if you did, then you were wrong to do so. Can I say it's self-aware too? Much more than Forrest Gump. It was, like I said, a bold movie. He has dedication to his gags. Complete dedication. He does not go half measure for anything that he has done. The only thing, I mean, I'm not saying that I would prefer him have been in a real dead deer carcass. But we're talking about somebody that uh, he actually had to do a fake one because they said, Peter said the moose gag yeah. was too much the first time. And, uh, I mean, like I said, self-aware. The end credits. Real Slim Shady. They talk about uh, Tom Green humping dead animals. It knows what it's doing. He knows his own criticisms, and he's doing it anyway at this point. Like, he is shedding all of that and saying, fuck you, doing this movie. What you like is what you like. And I actually did have some things that I like that I laughed very much at in this movie. Like, there's, there's some very terrible movies out there. He's the Daniel Day-Lewis of gag comedy. I would not go that far, but I appreciate the sentiment. How much... Did Daniel Day-Lewis try to be a farmer, huh? And all he had to do was jerk off a horse. Yeah. I've never seen Daniel Day-Lewis jack off anything. So... Because he lacks commitment. He does. <laughs> I'm, I'm afraid that one day Daniel you know Day-Lewis is going to take the role of Hitler. He's going to listen to our show. And, you, you oh, no, no. I'm, I'm worried he's going to take the role of Hitler and take that shit a little bit too far. Ben, I've him, always talked about my Dream Always Sunny episode with Daniel Day-Lewis, yeah. but... Uh, but Betty, did you know she's actually paralyzed? My left foot, my bullshit. They already put that in there. Was she paralyzed in real life? No. Oh. No. For the filming of the movie. Oh, okay. And and you know what else? There was music at a lot of the moments in in in, in the It was a time movie. capsule. It was a time well, capsule. But I'm not just talking about that. Not a single time did I see Betty's leg move. Because there's a lot of times where you have a character who is paraplegic. And you will watch their legs, and you'll see their leg move a little bit. Not a single time did I see that she was committed to her role as well. And not only that, he, I mean, he looked like he was hitting the shit out of her with that stick. Yeah, it did. And I like, I looked to see if like if she's planting, and she's just having a great old time. Um, the soundtrack I actually very much did like. It now that you mention it, it had some very iconic songs in it, and it wasn't trying to just do. Like, when it first moved in, I was like, okay, it's a punk song, it's whatever. But they had a, a good Green Day song, or whatever, and uh, Gary Newman. Barry Manilow, and then they ended with Eminem and just all the other iconic stuff. It, I think it worked. I like the, the whole movie works. The whole movie works. It, it, whether if you can sit looking, down and actually watch it or not, the movie works. Can we say there are a lot of subtle references in this movie too, though? These are my last two notes on this one, but like this, the Eiffel Tower I was talking about. Uh huh. I mean, that was easier to catch than the others, but there was an Apocalypse Now reference. Uh, with Ryan yeah. the helicopter, with Ryan the Valkyries. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yes. Dun, Which dun, 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 I always dun. thought it was called Flight of the Valkyries. No, it's Ryan the Valkyries. I know. I, was thinking, I know. I, was thinking, I saw. I had. I always leave subtitles on on Netflix, 
And I, I just completely, I never knew it's called Ride. Which, by fact. the way, you have I to know your Wagner. I uh, always leave subtitles on. I, I prefer to watch movies that mm-hmm. way. Uh, and also, there was a Buster Keaton reference in there. Where? So when they were in Pakistan, <laughs> I, <laughs> wow, I didn't catch this. Good. There was a part where the house falls over Fall, yeah. after, and then Tom Green like oh, ducks down in the window. window. Wait, wait, that's I thought that was like, Charlie Chaplin. No, that's a Buster Keaton scene. It's, a Buster Keaton? Okay. it's an iconic Buster Keaton scene where, where he ducks the, down and has the, the whole house fall, fall yeah. down yeah. over him. But that that did remind me. If you remember when they come back from uh, Pakistan, there's with the somebody long hair with the beard. Somebody, there's somebody in with the, the audience with says, a sign that says, "When is this movie fucking gonna movie going to end?" Yeah. So this movie is completely self-aware. He knew. He knows what he's doing. Tom Green, you bash him all you want. He knew exactly what he was doing when he made this movie. Too. Lots of table standing scenes. I love table standing scenes. It, it, it takes real ball to do what he did. Uh, is that like Joe said, the Big Joe? His fucking face. Is that Joe the Big Joe? Just came up his with that faces one. Didn't even makes. write that down. I just every time the faces he makes, I just like can picture them just like. Oh, yeah, like so <laughs> just by all his faces he makes just drive me crazy. I love it. By mentioning the whole apocalypse now and Buster, Buster Keaton. Keaton and some of the other stuff, it shows that Tom Green knows about the knows cinematic the masterpieces, doing. and he knows what he's doing, regardless of like you know this is nothing like that, but he's aware of it. It's Look, a self-aware movie, and, and I completely. Think, and what like, was the name of the kid that kept smashing in the face? <laughs> oh, yeah. That Macaulay <laughs> motherfucker. He killed him at the end. No, no he, he was killed. okay. He was no, okay. He gets, oh, that's he right. Gets that's right. Something chopped Yay, off by the airplane. He's like, I'm okay. That's, oh my god. I'm okay. It's callbacks. I mean, it's 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 a reoccurring theme of the movie. And I will I will say it's meant to open your eyes though. Face, like, I didn't finger him. He cracks him in the face of the baseball. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say this like for uh, this movie has its faults and I, and I get that no it doesn't but <laughs> it's self-aware it knows its target audience and knows what it's going for and it executes it to the the best of its ability and I think it knocks it out the park sure that movie to any high school kid at that time and nobody would talk shit about it it's an MTV movie it is an it is a it is a it is a well, 98 MTV movie that will never be shown on MTV not floating yeah. through space now but it's like, like a 98 to 03 MTV movie well but like I put that in the same realm of dude where's my car yes it is a very much a time capsule dude what came out the time, time. You, had the, you had the undergraduate undergrads you had um, clone high like a lot of the stuff back, was back. Tom Green was Green was in class. Exactly. Like, this stuff's all channeling this lol random humor I keep referring to, right? Like, that's like, yeah. That, that, that's what it is. And this movie's like, you can knock it and say it takes it too far. But the point is that, like, it, it's like, it's its own thing. And Tom Green is well, a well known facet of that movie. And, and not only that, like, Dude, Where's My Car? Like, that's a stoner comedy. Absolutely. Nobody calls this a stoner no comedy. Nobody cares about Pineapple Express. Right, like no one gives him shit. Pineapple Express is smarter than. than I think they don't smoke weed once. It's a stoner movie. It's a stoner movie, but but it's smarter than a stoner movie. I think Pineapple Express is one of the most underrated movies I've ever seen. That ending scene in the diner to me is one of the most well acted scenes I think you'll find within the last ten years. Everything Red did, shooting the dude's foot off to just like slowly like bleeding out. (laughs) You almost bleed it out there. I did. I did. Anyway, that, we're not talking about that. No. We're talking about Freddy Got Fingered. Anybody got anything else to say about it, this wonderful movie? So, well, what, I think we need to end on one question. But, well, Greg, go ahead. I was say, really? Who watched the after credit scene? I turned it off. I was so glad to be done with it. What? <laughs> no. He didn't no, want it to be one. Did. He that. didn't want the, the credits movie were rolling, and they showed some outtakes. I saw that. Co- no, but if you go to the very, 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 very end. Oh, no, I saw it. I get to watch it again? 
so Tom Green and Drew Barrymore, it's them like acting, and so they were together at this he's, time. He's lock. He's just sitting there like deadpan face at the camera. And it's at the office where like she kept yeah, him out. Yeah, I, I did watch. And that. then she's sitting there, she's going like ah that like yeah. all these like, trying to be like him, and then they just turn to like making out, and they literally walk off mid sucking face the whole way out. Like they don't stop making like ah, blah, blah, like making noises and walk off making out. So I, <laughs> how how did they not last? I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I will say that we need to end this on one question. Did Freddie get fingered? I think that is for the audience to decide. And that's what makes this a good movie. It, th- it does not answer the question. I think, I think it's, it's a metaphor. Irre- I think it's irrelevant because it's all... Freddie getting fingered is what's in the suitcase from Pulp Fiction. Or what's in the box from Seven. But well, we know, we know that was in the pretty box clear. From Seven. Somebody got fingered? You fucking idiot. <laughs> so... <laughs> um, uh, Jeremy, is there anything else that you you have the driver's seat right now? All right, so I'm I'm gonna take this driver's seat and I'm gonna run with it, roll with it. I'm gonna roll with it. Lean with it, rock with it. Yes. Um. So doing this um experiment, uh, it was very difficult. I'm gonna. I don't want the audience to know whether I like this movie or whether I dislike this movie. I'm gonna go full disclosure on this. Force comes from my all-time favorite movies, and this was extremely difficult to to bash this movie. And I, while doing my research, I found things that were really wrong with this movie, and I never wanted to do that. And while watching Freddy Got Fingered, which my God, we can all agree, this is one of the worst movies. It's I've ever so seen. bad. I think Roger Ebert's so words. I looked up the review, and he said. Um, he kept like reinforcing. He's like, it's not that's the bottom of the barrel. It's, it's not it's what you, you scrape at the bottom of the barrel. Yeah. It's not even in the vicinity of the barrel. To put it around a barrel is disingenuous. He's like, it's not in the vicinity of a barrel. Like you just cannot. It's, it's just a it's, paragraph of saying he how he says it's one of the worst movies he's ever seen. Yeah. But but it's it was fun to go in and find what's endearing about this movie, and that's what I think is so unique about this is finding what is bad and the yeah. things you love and finding what is good and the things you hate. So Absolutely. it was really weird. Cause like, I thought this was going to be a lot harder than it was to jump into this. And, uh, just judge off my notes. I wrote enough notes and everything, but this was a textbook, like ex- exercise in crowd mentality. Cause it got easier and easier for me to do this for both movies. Yes. Once you settle in on. and you got halfway through the movie. Yes. Once you settle like, in. Like I believed what I was doing. Like we're not going to do this little end part, like for whatever yeah, happens for absolutely. any other episodes for you. You clearly don't want to do it. You want to no, keep it yeah, ambiguous, I, I, but I just behind the wonder. curtain, it was a strange thing because I felt what I was saying was legit genuine for most of the things. I, yeah, it, I, I have to agree. I never thought I, I never really had much of a problem with Jenny. And as I sit there and look at her and I'm like, She's a piece of shit. Yeah, she like, really is. She's a piece of shit character. And the this was a hive mind and, in like a microcosm. And not only that, the whole time I'm sitting there thinking like, Jenny's not that bad. Jenny's not that bad. And I realized while watching Forrest Gump, the only reason she's there is to die. She's there to make you feel something. I, I, I meant to say I think the movie should have stopped before Jenny coming back and all that stuff. But I mean, whatever. We're, we're it past was, that. It was terrible writing. And I, I can, it wasn't terrible writing. I found flaws in the writing. I yeah. found flaws in something that I never thought I would find flaws in by digging I, I mean, deep into this movie. I, that's it's, why you can do this show, though, as part of the fun. You sat down, like, when we first met about it, like, your whole thing was, like, we had a whole debate about, like, is it your, like, is it, we made a distinction. Is it 
you have to hate a movie you like, like a movie you hate, or is it you're going against the public grain? You're like, it's about going against the grain. Because some movies you legitimately hate that people love, and you're just going to have a fucking field day. It's going to be easy. Yeah, you're going to have so much fun. A lot easier than these two movies were. I I was very torn. I remember we finished the conversation. We couldn't land on it. And I asked my wife, and she couldn't figure it out either, was like, do you ever let people know? And you kind of, I think you've ultimately determined part of the fun is like, if they don't know, it almost becomes its own game and like never like just don't give them validation. Yeah. And I, I, I kind of, I'm kind of leaning towards it now. Cause like, I'm like, I like that we're having this discussion, but it is kind of fun, especially with someone like you. Who's like your movie taste. It's not that it's inconsistent. It's very unpredictable. No, it's bad. <laughs> But you're very unpredictable. You like you hate a lot of movies that people like, and you love movies that people hate. But you also love critically acclaimed films too. Like you're not just like the contrarian nerd, right? You're like, not you're not being difficult just to be difficult and just to scoff your nose. I never up in got the air that. Yeah, you've like never that. said this movie sucks and then didn't have like five points. Can I just say Jeremy has a non-public opinion? That's the easiest way to put it. And That's the fair. thing, and I, I sometimes it aligns. We we have said here on Rumor Flies that one of the best things we unintentionally did that we had no idea it worked out this way is pitting David and Jeremy against each other in that round table. Oh, so good. And having them such conflicting ideas and, and, and ideology. The best part is we put knives in the table. They didn't take them afterwards. They are gentlemen. Why. Yeah, they were. Really, I think David really palmed good. one. I, I actually I saw him palm one. He tried to meet me outside of my car afterwards, and I, I just I, I took off. Hey man, I hope you have Uber on your phone uh, because uh, your tire pressure looks a little bit low. <laughs> okay, so with that being said, like like Greg mentioned before, let us know how you how you feel about this. We had so much fun doing this. You know, watching both of these films. Like Jeremy said with me, Forrest Gump is one of my favorite films of all time. It's easily within my top 10. And I will say that Freddy Got Fingered is within the five worst movies I've ever seen. I, I desperately hated that film. But sitting there and trying to find redeemable qualities about it made watching the movie that much more enjoyable. I will honestly say that. Um, and watching Forrest Gump with such uh, through a different lens made seeing it a different this time as well because i've i will watch 24 hours of gump when it comes on fucking tnt or whatever like i love that film but having a different lens on and a different cap if you will while watching it it made me sit there and appreciate the film more at the end because i still love it but it also made me sit there and say this movie's not as good as it's not as perfect as i thought it was and it made me have a, a new different idea and ideology on it but let us know how you feel about this. Write us, tweet us, email us. You know where to find us. And one thing to keep in mind is that I think your plan is two people, you and one other. I don't think you want, like, this is crowded. I know we all talked on top of each other. I'm as guilty as anyone. We know. Like, let's be fucking real. Now, of course, I, there's no surprise I'm there. I'm sitting on Greg's lap right now as we do I this. I know, right? Have to share well, well, Ryan, you're um, uncharacteristic, uncharacteristically deferential in that sometimes, like, you, like, talk a little bit over, but you were actually, like, really good. It was very noticeable. Like, oh, you, like, kind of sat back and then you waited your turn unlike myself. Yeah, fuck you too. No, you did a great job. So, uh, despite what we expected. So, anyway, I'm just saying, but Jeremy, that's the game plan, right? Just so people know, you're planning on you and one other. Me right? and one other. I, I, I think it would be a good maybe. idea to have uh, maybe another person per episode and just kind of bring them back here and there and make find out what their favorite movies are and eventually just be like, guess what movie you get to fucking bash on. So like a two to three person show, two to three person show. That's what I'm looking to do. Um, With this, uh, Josh just said, you know, we want your opinion on how this show is. We also want ideas for movies. Yeah. He wanted to crowdsource. That was a big thing. We discussed it. You don't want to make them yourself. I never want to come up with the movies myself or with the, whoever is hosting the show with me, because that will make you think that this is the movie I like or dislike. I want, I want it strictly to be from, I want it to be user friend, listener friendly. Um, 
and I want it to be y'all show. And I just want user to talk suggestions. User suggestions. Yeah. I, I I want your ideas. If and to go along with whether you think this was great, whether you think we're just full of shit. And you can just torture the guy with their choices. Like yeah, there, there's a. I mean, I what, even though I like a lot of movies that aren't popular, I I like a lot of movies that are good too. I I look at the IMDb top 250, and then that's that's almost like a holy grail. Yeah, there's some big flaws in that, but there's a lot of movies on there that are fantastic. Uh, and I'm not going to tell you which ones I like and don't like. <laughs> so that's up to you guys to do that. If you like this idea, if you like this concept. Well, Jeremy, thank you for asking us to do this. This is a lot more fun than I was ever expecting. Yeah. I wasn't expecting to be fun in the first place. But uh, nice, nice, this nice is cool. Nice, nice, nice. This is cool. Uh, it is. You have given us some really good material, I think. Yeah. I, and uh, everybody just hit Jeremy up any way you want to hit us up. We'll get it to him if you want to talk about it. And uh, yeah, thanks for, you know, um, bringing a new perspective to these films that we never really thought that we'd have. And yeah. thank you for giving us 5% of the IP and we now own the rights to the pilot. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. congratulations. This is the first time you've been fucked over in showbiz. Uh. Uh, ex- <laughs> expect an invoice. <laughs> Trust me, not the first time I've been <laughs> fucked over in showbiz. Um, okay, so. w- with uh, with that being said, thank you guys for uh, for checking us out. You know where to find us: patreon.com slash rumorflies. You know, Instagram, Twitter, website, whatever it is. We're still working on getting a Snapchat. Greg won't let us do it for this kind of episode of Rumorflies. I'm Ryan. <laughs> I'm Josh, and I'm Greg, and I'm Jeremy. No, he's not. Yes. <laughs> Bye. Bye.